0: I think we teach every single guy, regardless of their skills, to be able to do any part of the game, whether it's steal a base, get a bunt down, hit and run, whatever it might be, whatever our opponent gives us, we have to be able to take advantage of.
1: Hey, and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. This episode is presented to you by Baseball Cloud the official voice of data. Baseball Cloud's revolutionary software platform brings to life the numbers captured by TrackMan and FlightScope. This provides colleges, players, and facility owners around the world a turnkey product, allowing them to analyze their data using key metrics and custom visualizations on one intuitive user interface. Go to BaseballCloud.com to find out how you can have your own data analytics department for your program. Data has a story to tell, and Baseball Cloud gives it a voice. In this episode, I welcome Reed Peters, head coach at San Joaquin Delta College. Coach Peters won the ABCA National Coach of the Year for the Pacific Division, and his team won the 2018 California State Championship. One thing that stood out to me while I was doing research on Coach Peters' team was how well-rounded his offense was. Listen to these statistics. They were 1st in runs scored, 1st in hits, 1st in on-base percentage, 6th in batting average, 2nd in doubles, 3rd in home runs, and 2nd in stolen bases. So on the show, we discuss that. We also discuss the importance of the mental game, what Coach Peters does to equip his players in daily practice drills, and why focusing on players will make you a better coach. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Reed Peters. Coach Peters, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's
1: pleasure. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we we've been talking off uh, or uh, through text all week because we have. So, a former player of yours was a former coach of mine, and so again, it, it's it's such a pleasure that he's been a huge influence on my life. His name's uh, David Smith, and we've kept in touch for the last eight years since I've been playing. and And he said that his son Cannon, his middle name is Reed, be after you, and so in an indirect way you've been a huge influence on my life just because he's been such a big influence on my life. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Well, thank you.
0: That's great to hear. And as coaches, I think that's why we do what we do is the influence we have over our players and the relationships that we form with them. And it's just great to hear that that's been passed on.
1: Oh, definitely. And also it's been a, been a really cool month, uh, the last month or so you won national coach of the year for the Pacific division and you won the 2018 California state championship. And, so if you don't mind, just kind of walk through what, what made that team so special.
0: Well, I think to begin with, that team was extremely talented. I think we ended up having, I think, nine guys move on to Division One schools off of that team. That was a big part of it. But honestly, it was a group of guys that just loved to compete, and they believed that nobody could beat them under any circumstance. And you don't get that very often. We were down. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the telling game that we had was, our conference is, is probably the best conference in California. And we have a lot of really good teams in it. And I think we went 19 and five in conference and still tied for first with Sierra. But, uh, uh, one based on the mound an all American kid on the mound and, uh, scrapped back and, and ended up winning the game. And that game ultimately won us a conference championship and got us the number one seed. And I think that game just kind of defined who we were and what we were capable of doing. And, and, what those guys actually believed and, and, and knew that they could do. No, oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it a team and just a, a great them in terms of just knowing what they were capable of doing, having each other's back and just loving to compete. They love to compete. And, you know, they had a chip on their shoulder from the previous year where they got beat in the elite eight by the team that ended up winning the state championship. But, uh, Came in with a with a quest and a mission and, and knew what it took to do it and and they did it.
1: I love that. And and I'm sure that that is a direct reflection of of you as a competitor as well. And uh, and so I'm I'm looking over some offensive stats and you guys were extremely well rounded. And I, I think that there's no better way to put or compliment a coach rather than, hey, you were extremely well rounded, you scored a ton of runs. But I'm just gonna read these off and then if you don't mind, just just take us through what your approach is. But You guys were first in runs, first in hits, first in on base percentage, second in doubles and stolen bases, and third in home runs. And you also had a 315 batting average. So, if you don't mind, just kind of walk us through what your approach is on the the well rounded development on the offensive side.
0: Well, I think we teach every single guy, regardless of their skills, to be able to do any part of the game, whether that's steal a base, get a bunt down, hit and run whatever it might be, whatever our opponent gives us, we have to be able to take advantage of. And, you know, if the pitchers take time to the plate, then our four-hole guy's got to be able to steal a base off of that. And whether it's, you know, first and second, no out, and our four-hole hitter's up, and then we need to get a bunt down, he's got to be able to get a bunt down. And so we pride ourselves on being able to take advantage of every little thing that's given to us and be able to execute in those situations. Our philosophy is pass the baton. Um, no guy has to carry the team, you know, just get on base and believe in the guy behind you that he's his job. And and that's kind of the mentality that we, we got into and we were pretty deep lineup, but you know, everybody knew their role and everybody did what they could to get on base and, and pass the baton and, and that ended up winning us a lot of ball games. But uh, yeah, I just think uh, being able to take advantage of any situation that's given throughout a game. And trusting that your guys can
1: execute it because you prepared for it i love that answer and that's absolutely fantastic and and so let's let's go ahead and let's skip to uh this year and so you guys were extremely successful last season and let's let's flash back to you're walking into first day of practice and you know something that that i re- think is really interesting especially with guys who had success last year how have you made it a point to help them to understand that last year's success isn't going to necessarily transfer over. Now there's going to be some momentum because you were very successful last year, but how have you, how have you approached that aspect of it?
0: Well, I think more than anything, it probably hurts you. You, You're going to walk in with a big target on your back and we tell our guys that we kind of have that every year. And that's something that we try to teach them to embrace that. Hey, everybody's going to bring their best game against you. It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors. When they play, they know they're going to get everybody's best and, you know with the reputation that we've established over the last you know eight nine years I think we know that coming in and you know we know that we have to get up for every season and that talent doesn't always win hard work beats talent when when talent doesn't work hard I, that's the same that i like to repeat to our guys and yep. and that they need to show up every single day and work to get better but uh, ultimately with our guys it's it's not winning a state championship it's it's moving on to the next level and continuing their career. And that's what we try to preach to them is, you know, you're here to develop, you're here to get better. You know, if we a state championship, that's great. But the bottom line is we need to move on to the next level and advance your career. And you walk away with an education and a chance to possibly play at a higher level.
1: That's fantastic. And so walk us through kind of what you guys were focusing on this fall. I know that's, that's a little bit broad, but if you don't mind, just kind of take us through what your fall looked like. Well,
0: in California, we're we're limited to pretty much a 12-hour week, so we ended up cutting out a day of practice from what we did in the past. We ended up doing them Wednesdays off and use that as a recovery day because we work them pretty hard. On a Monday morning, we'll start off with a 720 study hall. I'll meet them in our our study lab, and they'll get an hour of studying under their belt before they um, head to class. They'll go to class from... 8.30 to noon, kind of give them noon to one to do whatever they want to do, whether it be go get treatment in the training room, go see a teacher, go out to lunch, whatever they want to do, and then at one o'clock we have a class called Theory of Baseball where we teach them the mental game of baseball, and that's, I think, one thing that we really try to pride ourselves on is teaching them how to play the game mentally one pitch at a time and how to prepare and compete one pitch at a time. So we'll do that with our guys from one to two at two o'clock. They'll go out to practice. We'll do about a half hour of conditioning, whether it's, you know, sprint training, agility training, plyometric training, do that for about a half hour. Then we'll get into our throwing program and then our individual defensive work after that. And then we'll hit for about the last hour of practice, work on our offensive approach, whether it be, and we we'll usually set up stations there. We'll have a bunt station. We'll have a base running station and, you know, our, our daily maintenance drills in another station and then getting live on the field. When we're done with that. We'll uh, head on in and we'll hit the weight room for about an hour. Okay. So uh, that's typically a day, a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll live four days a week. And then on Saturday, we'll go play somebody and see kind of how we stack up.
1: Perfect. And so you mentioned that you guys were extremely competitive last year and and it sounds like that's part of the culture that you're that you're building, or at least you, you have built over the, the past several years. And so walk us through what you guys do to instill that in your players and whether that's, you know, you guys are doing competition and practices. Or you guys are just constantly on them about, hey, this is the culture that we want. So how so essentially, how do you how do you re- get that from an idea to actually make it intentional and make the kids understand, hey, this is an expectation?
0: Yeah, I think it starts when you recruit them. Um, you know, So many of the kids that we recruit are getting recruited by a lot of other programs. And when they come in, they say, well, you know, somebody, so-and-so school promised me the starting job at this place. And, and we make no promises to anybody. All we're going to promise to them is that they're going to have to compete and fight for a job and fight for their playing time. And I think that brings in guys that actually want to compete right from the get-go, because we'll lose guys that are not that type of guy that wants that guaranteed starting job and they'll go to a different school, but we want guys that are, are, that want to compete because I think ultimately we know and and they understand that that's, what's going to make them better. So those are the type of kids we recruit that aren't afraid to compete to begin with. And then throughout practice, our goal is to have two guys at each position that are really going to push each other. And I think ultimately there's a little friction there at first, but I think eventually they understand that that's going to make them better if there's somebody there pushing them every day. So we'll compete in just about every drill that we do, whether it's with the guy at the same position or as a group. Um, and then we'll have what we call our, our offensive competitions, where what we usually do is a point game, where every at-bat they get throughout that drill is is worth you know, either zero to four points, and they'll compete that way. And winners are off, losers uh, clean the field, or you'll put something on it, whether it's uh, what we call a star drill or, you know, do the field, something on the line there just to, to get them to compete a little bit more.
1: Okay, Perfect. So uh, another thing that, that I love to ask coaches because, again, we don't get to see the day-to-day, but do you guys have any rules or standards that you, that you guys have in your program? And then the, the kids have, absolutely have to understand that, hey, if you're going to come here, these are the things that are expected.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the big thing with us is, is just, number one, be on time. Be on time for everything you do. Uh, treat others with respect, treat your teachers with respect, treat your teammates with respect. Um, And then what we'll do as a group every year is we'll develop a mission statement on kind of where it is we want to go, what we expect of each other. And that gives us some direction. It gives us some motivation, but more importantly, it gives us accountability. And so I like to let them develop that mission statement every year so that they can hold each other accountable and, uh, this group this year came up with mainly their MOCA, their uh, mission focusing on competing and competing with focus and relentless energy and playing every day like it's your last. We had a player three or four years ago, Calvin Riley, that was a really competitive kid. He was our closer that year and he was uh, hanging out with some friends in San Francisco over summer break and ended up getting shot and killed playing Pokemon Go that game and and that kind of just really hit home with a lot of our guys that it can be over that fast. And so every year we, we involved him in, in our mission statement and just kind of use that as a reminder and and have him there with us every year. But uh, that's kind of the type of kid. He was a big time competitor who loved the game and played it with just tremendous focus and relentless energy. And, and our guys kind of feed off of that and use that as their mission to motivate them and just hold each other accountable and, they're not doing what they need to be doing in practice or off the field or wherever it might be.
1: That's one of the toughest things a coach ever has to go through and it's really neat that you guys have turned it into something positive and and a constant reminder and and he's living through you guys for sure and and so on a different note uh, what is something unique that you guys do that that maybe you've noticed other programs don't do?
0: I think what we do more than anybody else is really focus on the mental game. And uh, I was fortunate that I played in the Angels organization out of college. I got to play five years in their organization and two in the Giants organization. But when I was in the Angels organization, we had the greatest mental coach ever in Ken Ravizza, and uh, I'm pretty much any coach knows the books that he wrote, Heads Up Baseball. And unfortunately, he just passed away as well recently, and that was a big loss to the baseball world. But I got to get his teachings as a player in that organization for five years, and. Just really understood the importance of the mental game and how to deal with adversity and how to prepare pitch by pitch and and this game's hard enough as it is, let alone letting you know the mental frustrations get in the way. So we really try to teach that to our players because you know the higher you go, the more you're going to struggle and the more adversity you're going to deal with and the harder that is on your confidence. And we just try to teach them that part of the game and how to get confidence when you're not going well and how to deal with the adversity of the game and just how to prepare pitch by pitch mentally and physically and getting your body under control and pressure situations and things like that. So I think that's helped us, especially when we get to the end when the pressure is at the highest, I think we're we do a pretty good job of handling that.
1: Is there anything in particular that, or any <clears> stories <throat> that you've got that he really helped you as a player? Is there, is there anything that comes to mind when I ask you that?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's just, realizing that you do belong. I, I going throughout my career I I was a pretty good player and I, I felt like, you know, I, I could succeed at just about every level. And then I got to triple A and then I started really questioning, do I really belong here? Am I really that good? And we had some talks together and, and you know, and he just helped me with that confidence part and just making me realize that I really do belong and it's not all about physical ability. It's about, you know, your work effort and the things mentally that you put into the game as
1: well. I love that. And so you're you're out on the recruiting trail and you're trying to get guys that fit your system and inevitably they're going to ask, you know, how are you going to prioritize my individual development within the team? And so what are some ways that you guys have figured out as ways to do that?
0: Well, that's really the focus of our entire program is individually getting them better and getting them on to the next level. So that's kind of what we preach to them when we recruit that. But that's really what our mission is all about is our coaching staff is just developing these guys in every aspect and preparing them to be a Division One player. So whether that's the study halls we do in the morning to prepare them academically to get on to the next level, because a lot of the guys coming into a junior college aren't, aren't qualifiers for a division one level. They're not great students. And we got to teach them how to study and get their AA degree and move them on. Otherwise they don't move on. The weight room is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them aren't physically ready to go play at a division one school as an 18 year old coming out of high school. So we just pound, pound, pound the weight room and, you know, just teaching them the skills that we have. We have great, position coaches here have been very fortunate to have a really good group of assistant coaches uh, that come in and and do a tremendous job for us but their individual teaching of the skills that it takes to move on to the next level have been very good as well so yeah we do it kind of as a team but individually every guy prospers through that and and that's kind of what we try to preach to them when we're recruiting them
1: cool so let's go ahead and let's get forward to where we're at currently getting ready for uh, for the spring and, and competition. Do you mind taking us through what a typical practice plan would look like for you guys? And you know, how much time would you spend on what, and, and essentially once the kids get there or even pre-practice, uh, what are you guys doing?
0: Well, in the fall, we, we really demand a lot out of them in the fall. Um, so I, I know we talked about that a little bit already, but in the fall, we, we, we go four days a week and those four days are really hard in terms of conditioning and we're expecting them to compete out on the field, and they're trying to earn a job and earn playing time, but at the same time, then we go in and pound them in the weight room and really push them in the weight room. So that's a grind. The fall is really a grind. For us, it's kind of an evaluation and development time of year. Um, when we get into the spring and we start playing the games that count and, and all that, we, we obviously cut it back quite a bit. We don't condition near as hard. Now we're focusing on you know the little things, the base running and and some things that we can gain an advantage with over our opponent that way, focusing just on hitting and defense. But your typical day in the spring, you're going to come out, um, get a brief 10-minute conditioning base running session, and um, after that, we'll do our throwing program, which for us, position player-wise, is going to consist of... Two days of long toss and a day of what we call positional catch, where all the throws they make are from their position. Okay. So we try to limit the throws and make them more of, of the throws that they'll make from their position, individualize it a little bit more. After we get done with our throwing, we'll we'll do some quick individual defensive work. we find some skills. We're, we're lucky we play on turf. We get a little spoiled on that, so we'll take them out to what we call our Dominican infield, which is just a big spot of hard dirt. <laughs> And awesome. we'll hit them ground balls on that and and keep their skills sharp that way. And then after that, we'll we'll work on offense. we work on that a lot. And I think that shows with the statistics that we had last year. But, uh, you know, we'll work on our base running, on our steel breaks. So typically we'll have five groups during a BP session. And one group will be on base running. We'll stick a coach out behind the mound with a screen in front of him. So he's actually behind the guy throwing BP with a screen in between the two of them. Okay. And he's working on steel breaks with the runners. And they'll work on steel breaks at first off a righty. They'll work on steel breaks at first off a lefty. And they'll work at second um, as well, stealing third. So that'd be one group. Another group will be working on their defense. Another group will, uh, with live reads off the bat, especially the outfielders. No better time to work on that than during BP. And then another group will be doing their daily swing maintenance drills, which are their key work and their short toss work. And we try to do that every day just to refine the, just to maintain their swing and the little things they need to do in that. Uh, then we'll have a group live uh, and on the live round, we do everything firm. Um, so we'll, we'll actually challenge them in BP. Uh, the, the BP will be very firm. Uh, and then we'll throw a lot of off speed in there as well during batting practice. So, your typical round will be a little bit of execution, the first round, second round. We're going to focus on staying inside the ball, going to the opposite field, middle middle of the field to the opposite field. And then the following round is going to be all off speed, whether it be changeups or breaking balls or both. Um, and then the last round, though we'll turn it loose a little bit and let them let get some confidence. But again, it'll be straight but all firm. And we try to uh, let them see a lefty and a righty. Just about every single day in terms of BP throwers. We have, fortunately, our pitching coach left handed. So we'll throw both of those guys at him every single day. So just kind of try to prepare him for every little thing. And when we're done with practice, you know, we'll usually try to do some type of competition thing in practice, whether it be a scrimmage, a point game, uh, something to get him to compete a little bit at the end. But then we'll hit the weight room again. We we'll lift in the in, during the season. We lift three days a week. We typically play on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays in California. Single games every day, so we'll practice on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and so we'll lift just maintenance lifts on Monday, Wednesday, Friday to try to maintain what they worked on in the off season.
1: Cool. Well, um, I'm curious on your uh, mixed VP, are you guys telling them, hey, we're we're only throwing a certain amount of off-speed pitches this round, or are you just literally just throwing throwing them firm and then just mixing it in whenever you feel like it?
0: We'll do both. We'll do uh, one day where we'll tell them what's coming. So and that when we do that, it'll be he'll throw them a fastball, then he'll throw them a breaking ball. He'll throw them a fastball, then he'll throw them a breaking ball, just alternating the two. And if it's, you know, right on left, we'll go fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball, fastball, changeup, fastball, changeup. And the same thing with left on right, get them some more changeups because that's typically what they'll see a little bit more of. But yeah, and then we'll do another round one day where we won't tell them what's coming. Mm -hmm. They'll just be recognized and see it. You might have an emphasis on see the breaking ball up or whatever it might be, but, you know, you'll tell them ahead of time what you want and, and just try to get them to accomplish that.
1: I love it. Do you guys hit off machines very often?
0: We don't. And I know that's kind of one of the things that is the hot topic right now is hitting off machines. And, and the reason I think a lot of teams do that is to keep it firm. And that's something we've always always emphasized anyway, is very firm BP. So we, we'll get close and we'll let it go a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell all our guys, let it go, challenge them. and And so that's, one reason we don't use the machines a lot is i'd rather see live arm and i think most players will tell you they'd rather see live arm over a machine as long as the live arm can throw strikes and sure and do that and throw it firm so we use more live arm than machines uh, we are starting to use a little bit more machine in just terms of down in the tunnels but when we're on the field it's it's always live arm
1: cool no uh, i like that a lot and and that's something that, uh, we've actually incorporated in the machine quite a bit just because there's not a lot of, of hitting guys and on our team. And so I've, instead of me throwing constantly, it's, it's allowed me to do more walking around. And, and that's one aspect that, that I didn't anticipate, but it's helped me quite a bit rather than just throwing BP and, and I'm not very, you're probably better at this than I am, but being able to pick up things in BP, I'm actually being able to stand behind and, and talk with them about those different things and. And so that's just been one added benefit, but I love that you guys are keeping it firm all the time. And that's, you know, at 40, 40, 40 BP is something that I used to do that I've, I've definitely taken out lately. And the kids are like, man, so we're, so we're standing in for bullpens, uh, this last week and the kids are going, man, this looks so much slower than what we see off the machine or from you, from you guys every day. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's what we want. Like we want the game to slow down.
0: right? Right. Exactly. And, Usually it's the other way around. So if you can do that, that's that's a key. And and you know we're very fortunate. We do have five six coaches. Most you know high school yeah. programs and even a lot of the college programs don't have that many guys that can throw BP. So we're very fortunate that we do have that many guys that can throw it. Otherwise, yeah, we'd be using a lot more machines as well.
1: Perfect. So looking back on your career and and this is a question that I love to ask the head coaches, because I I feel like that most people would say that they weren't prepared. And maybe, maybe you have a different answer, but, uh, what do you wish you had known before you became a head coach? And if you could go back and talk to your first yourself, what would you say?
0: I think the big thing is, and especially when you first get into coaching, it's, it's kind of about you and advancing your career and getting to where you want to be. And, and really that's not what it's about. It's it's more about the players and advancing their careers. And I think once I kinda realized that I became a lot better coach. You know, we talked about David Smith and that group. I mean, I was as hard on that group as, as I've ever been on any group. And um I I grew up in that environment, the old school environment. Uh, my my college coach is Fred Dalamore, and he's a great coach at UNLB and I think he's all time winning coach there and but it was, it was by fear and intimidation. that's how, you know, he got us to compete and it worked, but you know, I realized over the years that that's not always the answer. And Mm -hmm. it's more about establishing relationships with your players. And I think, like I said, with that first group I had, I probably stay in contact with those guys better than anybody that I've coached. I've been coaching for 25 years. And I was really hard on that group, but at the same time, I mean, that was the start of my career and, I had a big, obviously very passionate at that time. Like, not that I'm not now, but uh, getting going in my career and taking advantage of that first job that I had, I was very passionate about it and very hard on those guys. But those guys knew I loved them and and that I wanted the best for them. And I think you can be a little bit hard on them when they when they know you care about them and and that you're passionate about them. And, and it's it's about them. And I think that's what most coaches gotta yeah, understand. It's not about you. It's, it's about your players and establishing those relationships and and moving them on and not so much. If you do all that, your career will take care of itself. I
1: think. I love that answer and that's something that I, I literally think every single one of the coaches that I've talked to has mentioned that in one way or another. And I would do the same thing. Uh, I think my first year, I I was way too harsh. I, I mean, I, I was like three years older than the players that I was coaching, but I didn't want to be their friend, and come to find out, they didn't want to be mine either. So. It was, it kind of worked out. But, you know, it's w- just one of those things that, like you mentioned, it, once you develop that relationship piece, it, you'll get more out of them just because they'll want to run through the wall for you, not ask you why. Uh, and it's, it's it, I love that aspect of it. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, talk to us about your learning and, and how you've grown lately. And so what's something that you've uh, stumbled upon or learned lately that, that's gotten you really excited?
0: Well, I try to go to the convention as much as I can, just like every other coach, the ABCA convention. And uh, we usually start practice right about that same time. And in California, we open up really early in January. So uh, we got opening day next weekend, as a matter of fact. But oh, nice. uh, So we, we got to get back and get going and get moving and on and all that. But I think uh, two years ago, I think it was in Anaheim, there was a, a speaker there that kind of really hit home with me um, he was an, an author uh Todd Dongwer I think is his name and he wrote the book uh lead for god's sake and he spoke that day and a lot of that really hit home with me on about how to lead and and you know most people use punishment and reward as a way to lead people and either you know put fear in them or you know you or you, you lead with with uh rewards and his whole purpose is talking about would be leading with your heart and understanding your purpose and why God put you on this earth and and to lead with what he the gifts that he gave you and, and establish those relationships with your players and lead them that way and I think that hit home with me more than anything that I've done and and I try to use that with my players and, and lead that way and I think that's helped me a lot as a coach.
1: Let me take a few seconds to tell you guys about OnBaseU. OnBase University is an organization that studies how the human body moves in baseball and softball. They offer certification seminars that teach coaches, trainers, and medical professionals how to assess an athlete's physical ability to perform movement patterns that are specific to hitting and pitching. For example, they just put up a blog post on their website, onbaseu.com, that discussed why hip internal rotation is important in hitting, and how they evaluate it with their OnBaseU screen. If you want to learn more about OnBaseU, I did a podcast with the OnBaseU founder, Dr. Greg Rose, episode 78, and he talked about how he modeled the screen after golf assessments that he created for TPI. They are hosting pitching and hitting seminars in Phoenix, Newark, and Houston over the next few months. I will be attending one soon, and I hope to see you there. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And so uh, another one of my favorite questions, and I, I think I, I may need to rephrase this because I think I say this every podcast, but uh, I love to know what you guys are doing just to, just that one drill or, or those, those couple of drills that you you know that you're going to get a lot out of your kids because they just, they love it. And it's usually something competitive, but what's something that you guys do in practice that, uh, that your kids love? And when you show up and you're like, hey guys, we're doing this today, they just, they get so excited about it.
0: Uh, it's a competitive point game that we do so we have two coaches that are a little bit younger that uh, really are still pretty athletic and can can hang with our players athletically and we'll put those guys on the mound and they'll compete with them they'll get up there and they'll be getting after it Um, we'll move it up to about 50 feet and they'll get after it and throw it firm and throw whatever they want and We'll put guys on base, and we'll give them a situation, and they got to execute it. And they get a point if they do it, and they get a bonus point if they do it and do it well. Or they can lose a point. And it's just a very competitive environment. The coaches get into it, the players get into it. It's awesome. Um, But uh, it's those situations that are going to win or lose you a ball game: getting a bunt down, or hitting run, or moving a guy over, scoring a guy from third, or getting that clutch hit with the bases loaded. So we'll put all our guys through those situations we'll put our our two younger coaches out there and let them compete with the players. And, and it gets pretty intense and pretty fun, but uh, yeah, they love doing that.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, what are some things that have really influenced your coaching career as far as books go, or you mentioned the ABCA convention and guys, I, I can't, I can't say enough of how awesome that convention is and you, <coughs> you've got to go every year, but what are some other things that have really influenced your coaches coaching career that if, we have some listeners that want to really dig into some stuff like that. What would you recommend?
0: Well, I'm I'm fairly old school. I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on, new stuff every year, and I'm always skeptical on, on a lot of that stuff. Just let it sit around for a little while and see how much weight it really has. But uh, Like I said, the, the book that I really enjoyed was Lead for God's Sake by Todd Gongwer. I think that book was probably the best book in terms of coaching and, and being a coach that I've read. So I really enjoyed that book. So I'm more into the leadership side of it as a head coach, especially. I know that, you know, as as a positional coach or assistant coach, you you kind of focus on the position that you coach and and try to get as much knowledge on that. But I think as a head coach, it's more about how we're going to lead and our responsibilities. and, And so I'm more into the leadership side of it. And that's a book that I really enjoyed in terms of being a leader and how to lead was that book that Todd wrote.
1: Oh, very cool. Well, Coach Peters, I appreciate you taking the time to share with us and give us really a ton of insight into your program. And so if there's anybody that wants to get in touch with you, what would be the easiest way to do so?
0: Probably email. I'm not the social media type. Like I said, I'm pretty old school, so I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. I don't do any of that. My assistant, uh, kind of does our Twitter for our baseball program, but, uh, Email is probably the best way. rpeters at beltacollege.edu is the best way to get a hold of me. And I said, uh, anything I can do to, to pass the game on and help anyone else, I'd love to do that. I've had a lot of great people in my life that have taught me a lot about the game and been a great influence on me. So if I can do that in return and help someone else, I'm all about that.
1: I love it. Well, you've got an open mic. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? You know,
0: like the, the whole reason this came about was David Smith, and and he coached you, and and I had the pleasure of coaching him, and I still stay in touch with him today, probably more than any player I've ever coached. And <laughs> I think coaching is really about those relationships that you establish. And to and like I said, that that first group I coached at Colby Community College way back when in the in the mid '90s um, is probably the group I stay in touch with the most, and to be able to still stay in touch with those guys and realize that you were an influence in their life and that you did have some effect on them and to see how they turned out. I mean, I think that's really what it's all about. And I've won some state championships and had some awards, but ultimately that's the biggest award there is is to have those guys get back in touch with you and say that, Hey, you've had an influence on my life and I thank you for it.
1: Thank you for listening to ahead of the curve. Before you go, I'd love to be able to get in touch with you, and we have several different ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AOTC underscore podcast. You can join the AOTC Coaches Facebook group, and if you want to be a part of the mini clinic emails, both of those links are listed below. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.